Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our faculty interview is with Dr. Elizabeth Gruner, Associate Professor of English. Dr. Gruner is the author of Constructing the Adolescent Reader in Contemporary Young Adult Fiction, published recently by Palgrave Macmillan. The book considers a range of contemporary titles in order to explore the types of reading sparked through various forms of adolescent fiction. Libby, thank you for joining us today for a conversation about your book. You're welcome. What inspired you to write this book? Well, I can answer that in two ways, I think. So the first is that I was a really avid reader as an adolescent, but I know a lot of kids who aren't. And I'd been reading a lot of young adult literature myself, and I was interested to see how it speaks to contemporary youth readers and to non-readers or potential readers, and to see what it says to them about the importance of reading and why it particularly matters, why reading particularly matters in an increasingly digital world. So that was one, one inspiration. The second is I was fascinated by the fact that the Harry Potter books, which are these, I mean, they're these huge tomes, right? The kids and adolescents were reading in great numbers, and they were being credited with turning all these kids who hadn't been readers into readers. These books actually depict reading itself as something that's not particularly fun or entertaining. The kids always complain about it. They say it's boring. It's just schoolwork, um, except for Hermione. And Hermione is kind of teased for her interest in reading. So that struck me as a particular irony. And I wanted to see if it was true of other popular books for young adults, and even really if it held true throughout the series. And so, spoiler alert, in my book, um, I'd say it's definitely not true of lots of very popular books for young adults. And while I think it is true about most of the Harry Potter series, it's not true about the last book in the series, in which um, the trio's ability to read and interpret well is really important. So that was my big inspiration. Thanks for sharing that. Well, how can the University of Richmond community, as well as faculty and students beyond Richmond, use this book to address why adolescent reading is important? Well, I synthesize a good bit of the research on adolescent reading in the book, and then I argue for the importance of young adult literature specifically and adolescent literacy generally within the book. So I hope it'll be useful to anyone who's interested in reading, and especially in the kind of reading that teenagers do or could do if they wanted to. I think we kind of ignore or dismiss adolescent reading, actually. I think we tend to recognize the importance of teaching children to read, and then we recognize the importance of learning to read for content, and so the sort of reading to learn, they call it in education circles, But after that, we don't really pay a lot of attention to reading, at least in um, post-secondary education. We sort of assume, like, you know how to read and you know how to get information out of books. And we don't think outside of literary circles about what reading means. Mm -hmm. Um, But in adolescence, readers can really start developing empathy through reading and expanding their horizons, as well as encountering more and more models of identity Um, which, so some reading researchers like Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop have talked about mirrors and windows 
that readers find in books that either reflect their own identities or give them access to other models of identity, and that's particularly important in adolescence. Um, and I think it's really critical that we pay attention to that. And so I hope people can find that in my book. And did students assist you with the research and preparation of this book? Not directly as research assistants, no, but I taught the material of the book in several seminars, starting with a junior-senior seminar in the English department several years ago, and then continuing in my children's literature classes and even in a first-year seminar. And student insights into why they read and what they read were really central in helping me develop a lot of my thinking about reading as I was writing the book. Well, your book is available in both print and digital editions. What are your thoughts on how these two choices might affect the readership of the book? I think the fact that it's available as a digital download might make it more accessible as a classroom text, particularly because the individual chapters are available for separate purchase and download. So if someone's teaching a class on, oh, I don't know, the politics of literacy, or uh, the racialization of literacy, they could download, they could assign just one chapter um, and save their students some money, but still give them a good sense of the book's argument. I was really pleased that Palgrave made the book available this way, um, including really helpfully, actually, there's work cited at the end of every chapter. It was kind of a pain to produce it that way, <laughs> but now that, now that it exists in that format, I think that's really helpful. Um, it's also it's a little bit cheaper altogether as a digital edition than as a hardcover, understandably, because it's not printed. So for some people, that might make it more accessible. And, you know, obviously, because it's available digitally, you can, you know, carry it with you on your phone or your iPad or your Kindle or whatever. And um, I think that increases its, its accessibility for some readers. Right. Yeah, certainly appealing to this college generation. I hope has. so. Yes. I hope so. Although I find a lot of my students actually prefer to read paper books. Yeah. They like to be able to mark them up, which I think is great. And then, of course, college and university libraries can purchase the book and the students can access it That's without right. paying That's for right. it. Yep. How did library services support you in writing this book? Well, First of all, for, a, for an academic library, we have what I think is a surprisingly robust collection of children's and young adult literature, which I really appreciate. Down on B2, I always take my students to go find them because they're in what's called oversized, even though they aren't all oversized, but there are lots of great um, children's and young adult books down there. So most of the books that I wrote about we have in our collection, which was really helpful because some of them I wasn't going to use... Um, so much that I needed my own copy of them. Um, we buy all the award winners and a good selection of other books, so I had access to all kinds of books. Um, I did a lot of my research using online databases of scholarly journals, and we have access to all the important ones in my field. That was a huge help. And this, you know, I mean, it just for somebody who started doing academic research in the 1980s, the ability to sit at my desk or, frankly, at my kitchen counter mm -hmm. and find whatever article I needed whenever I needed it was just this immense gift. 
Um, when I think of how I used to have to go to the library and pull down a printed index of, of the volumes that, you know, maybe we had and maybe we didn't, um, now I can just get anything that I want, and I did. Um, and then we also had most of the books, that the secondary um, resources that I needed. If we didn't have articles or books that we needed, I was able to get them very, very quickly through interlibrary loan. I was surprised at how little of that I needed, but occasionally I did get, get things through interlibrary loan, so I got great support. Occasionally I think I asked the library to order a book for me because I thought we should have it in the collection. Nine times out of ten we already had it because um, that need was anticipated. Very so it was good. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could be of service. Thank you, Dr. Gruner, for your conversation. Constructing the Adolescent Reader in Contemporary Young Adult Fiction is available in Boatwright Library and the University Bookstore. Thank you for listening to Podcasts of Boatwright. Your host was Lucretia McCauley. Editing and production was performed by Andy Morton. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit us on the web at library.richmond.edu.